time to talk from the inside of sports. It's time for G Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and co-host Micah Warren. We'll talk to and about players, front office personnel, agents, and the newsmakers in and around sports. Now, here are your hosts, G Cobb and Micah Warren. G Cobb with you on uh, Sports Radio, oh, excuse me, VoiceAmerica.com. Uh, when we've um, been joined by Haran Knight, and uh, Haran is, um, of course, uh, one of the contributors on GCOB.com, as well as uh, Denny Basins. Uh, and Denny um, really does a lot of uh, contributions regarding the uh, Philadelphia Phillies. So we'll get a chance to talk about the Eagles, which uh, um, Haran uh, writes a great deal about, and uh, the Phillies, which uh, Denny writes a great deal about. How are you guys doing? Doing great. That's good. Now, um, we got an Eagles game tonight, and, of course, uh, this is the third game, which always tends to be a game in which uh, you, you get a chance to see really what the team has got. Now, uh, Haran, uh, you got this game tonight. What do you want to see? Uh, how are you going to judge this game? And knowing that the starters are going to play for three quarters, uh, what do you want to get out of this game tonight? I want to see how cohesive that line is working, especially with Ty Harriman joining on the group. I also want to see how good they are in the red zone. Have they learned anything for the last couple of weeks, especially when you get that close and you know, a lot of penalties are involved. That's the other thing I want to see is a lot of um, have they learned from those penalties, have they learned from those mistakes. There's a lot of changes that he's um, you see, like with some of the rules and how the refs are lined up, it might be affecting it too. So, how are they adjusting to that? Okay, so uh, now uh, the the um, the team, of course, playing three quarters, get a chance to see Kevin Cobb uh, playing behind that offensive line and how they're coming along. What will you be looking for, uh, Denny, tonight? Oh, let's see. Well, like Ron said, the offensive line is big tonight on. We'll see how uh, Todd Harriman's getting back in there uh, impacts the line, particularly that interior part. We'll see if uh, they do a, a better job than they've done in the first two games of uh, protecting Kevin Cobb and getting some push in the running game. And also, I want to see uh, Cobb tonight. Uh, I want to see him make some better decisions than he's made in the first couple of games. There's been too many throws. Well, I shouldn't say too many, but a number of throws where he's just trying to force the ball in there. And if he does that in the regular season, it's going to lead to turnovers. Well, you know, I think one thing that um, that I think I've seen uh, and uh, kind of a pattern with with Kevin is that he gets in certain situations where he just flat out presses. Um, and the reason I say that is, if I look at uh, the time that he started, and you know, when you see a trend, uh, different times. Look at all the times he's been down in the red zone uh, in in the short, you know, in the number of games that he started. Uh, I can remember a lot of throws. Some of them were picked off, but most of them uh, were knocked down and just in the recent time. So that means he's pressing when he, when he gets down there, and um, that's something they just got, he's just got to look at the situation and say, is it time to press? Meaning, yes, um, there might be time to press, you know, getting into a game where you're behind and everything. Of course, you really never have to press early in a game, but if it's first down, it's not time to press. Uh, if it's second down, it's not time to press. Maybe third down, you want to press a little bit more. But you still got to realize that, look, we're going to get three points out of this. But I've seen him throw, pot, you know, what looked like were definitely interceptions other than the guy didn't catch it or the offensive player was able to get it out of there. 
on first down. So he's got to, you know, change those kind of things where there's certain times, you know, uh, it's worth taking a chance. There are other times it's not working, worth taking a chance. And so those are the kind of things which you, you learn uh, the more you play. And so um, those, uh, that's what I could see. And then the big thing is going to be the offensive line, uh, the calls. Do they have people coming free? Um, are people able to uh, hit Kevin Cobb on a regular basis? Uh, things like that. That's what we'll get a chance to see uh, tonight, uh, even though they're not playing against a good team. I mean, who's kidding who? If they don't look good tonight, then we really need to send out a SOS uh, because, you know, the, the Chiefs aren't going to be in the – you know, they're not a good football team. So, um, right. you know, they can look good against them and, you know, that doesn't mean as much. But they still need to look good because uh, a good team, you go out, you do what you're supposed to do. You take care of a bad team, and uh, that's what you're supposed to do. Go out matter factually, bam, 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 you hit them. And uh, just like a good fighter, he goes out against a bad guy, and he gets him out of there. He doesn't let him stay in the in the fight. And you know, you're going into the tenth round, and the guy's still in there, and you know, got a chance to win the fight. No, he gets him out of there first, second round, gets him in trouble immediately, and gets him out of there. So that's the kind of things we want to see out of him. Now, defensively, uh, the defenses look pretty good. What do you want to see out of the defense, Haran? Um. Would like to see everybody healthy. Um, like like last week, they looked good, but, and that was without Asante Samuel. Also, want to see how good um, the type of pressure that Brandon Graham can put, um, being out there at the same time on the other end with Trent Cole. That's something I'm looking forward to seeing. I want to see um, how much more. I, I know. I mean, they say he's looking good, but I really. Kind of hard to really see Ernie Sims. I don't really see him around. I care about how he affects it. It frees up space for Stuart Bradley. Part of me wants to see him a little more involved. Okay, um, Denny, what what do you um, think about defensively? What you want to see? I'd just like to see him be more of the same of uh, the progress they've made so far throughout camp and the preseason. Uh, they look better than where a lot of people thought they would be right now, and. In the secondary, you want to see Ellis Hobbs continue to play the way he has so far. He's done a good job to this point. And just like Aron said, uh, Ernie Sims, you've heard a lot about him in training camp, but he's been pretty quiet in the first two preseason games. And also you want to look to see how uh, Brandon Graham does tonight uh, when he's getting uh, more time with the uh, ones. Yeah, uh, you know, that's that's uh, you know a move which, you know, uh, they've, they've got two uh, rookies. Uh, comments, you guys, on the fact that you've got two rookies uh, in the starting li- defensive lineup, um, you know, this early? Uh, you, yeah. want, you guys got a comment on that? I'm confident in the two, um, personally. Um, you know, Nate Allen, Nate Allen got ran over um, by Cedric Benson. That, that was one play. But the thing that stood out with, with for him with me was, when Ellis Hobbs, um, when Hobbs got beat on that double move by Ocho Senko and, and Allen prevented that play, that's a, that was a very good thing to see. Especially when you look at the past couple of seasons, a lot of a lot of times he got beat on that side by that same double move. Uh, Brandon Graham, he's just getting better and better. I don't know, he's not going to start off the season with a three set game, but he is going to have a lot of. I do like him starting, and I like him as a run stopper as well as a pass rusher. Yeah, you know, the big thing I want to watch with him is his 
is his endurance because uh, I saw him get pretty gassed when he in there when he was in there because he, you know he plays hard and um, uh, I saw him get you know pretty 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 seriously gassed and that's the thing that I'm concerned about is that uh, you know he, I, I want him in there on third down fresh you know I, I wrote an article about it on gcob.com uh, about the fact that uh, you know. Fine, you, you you got him starting and everything. Fine, you you could let him start out the first series, but then I would rather have Juque on there first down. Let him use one of his, you know, because Juque is pretty active, you know, uh, and and if he's fresh too, it's going to help him. So I definitely want him alternating, uh, but I want, you know, um, I want uh, Brandon in there for those big downs, and most of the time that's third down. I want him on the field. It makes sense. And I, I want him to be kept fresh. I don't, I don't want him gassed out there where he's uh, sucking wind. Uh, I'd rather have him fresh, you know. So <clears throat> that's one of the big things of that. Uh, how do you guys feel about that? Um, sorry, Ben. <laughs> I, I agree. Uh, I think at this point, Brandon Graham, he's the pass rusher. You want, like you said, you want him active for third downs. And Juco, he's only he's always done a fine job against the run. And you're going to keep both guys fresh if you rotate them in like that. Go ahead, um, Haran. Yeah, I like. Um, I actually like them in there. On um, for some reason, I have a. I feel better about him out there on the early downs. Um, just just to Brandon? give the team a chance to be in there to get to get the team a chance in those third and longs. Um, Who's that? I, I talking about? You talking, talking about Brandon? Yeah, Brandon. Okay, okay. Um, I, I, just, I, I have a better – I feel better about him being in there on the early downs than Jaquay Parker, in my opinion. Um, well, but, the, but the thing is, though, um, those third downs uh, – see, my thing is, I, I, I mean, I think he's a better football player. I'll tell you that uh, because he's just, you know, he's, he's quick, he's strong, he's active. Uh, but if you have your brothers, you know, uh, I don't think that it's going to be wise to keep him in there all the time. So I think you got to pick. And I, and I think they could play it by ear. But the, what, what they've got to do is um, uh, they, they've got to have him on the field as much as possible, really. That's, that's the one thing. You want him on the field as much as you can because he's one of your better players. Right. But uh, to try to have him out there uh, when they need that pass rush uh, – because uh, Juque, um, Juque's not a terrible pass rusher, you know. I mean, I, and that's one thing I kind of regret is that people are kind of down on, you know, could, will say disparaging things about a guy like Juque Parker. Think about Juque Parker. He came here as a free agent. The guy had only played special teams. He comes here basically as a free agent, no big deal and everything, no fanfare. And he's done more than a lot of guys they brought here and given money and made a big deal about. This guy has played well. Think about it. There's a reason he's he's 32 years old and he's still on the team. Right. Think about all the guys they got rid of. The the guy has played well uh, to the point where they – it's not that they were planning on keeping him around. It's just that he he gave them really no choice. I mean, last year he ate ate, uh, sacks and he plays the run pretty well. Who who else on that line has ate eight sacks, you know, other than Trent Cole? So – so you know the the uh, you know I got to give him credit that I, I really um, 
think he deserves a lot of respect for, for what he's done because, you know, you know the Eagles are not crazy about keeping a guy 32 years old. But anyway, we'll be back on the other side uh, talking about the Eagles. you got the game coming up at 8 o'clock. And, of course, you got the Phillies. They're fighting for their lives. Uh, they're out west. And we'll talk about all that on the other side on G Cobb in the house. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You already get the general sports headlines and discussion on TV and radio. Tune in to The Blueprint with Randall Gatewood. Yeah, we'll cover all the general big-name stuff, too, but we go beyond the typical sports radio show to bring you the details you don't get anywhere else. We'll talk about the inspirational stories and the little-known successes. If you want creativity, The Blueprint is the place to be. Tune in every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Every Monday, tune in after the weekend games for Locker Room Views with Arturo Freeman. It's a sports show that'll keep you talking. We'll go inside the minds and lives of world-class athletes and hear about their views, opinions, and life experiences about the world of sports. Your host, former NFL great Arturo Freeman, will present an action-packed hour every single week. Arturo Freeman, Locker Room Views, is live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. If you know it's good for you, then you're going to log on to VoiceAmerica.com every Friday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific to hear the dopest outdoor hunting and fishing radio show ever, The Great American Outdoor Trails Radio Magazine with me, Travacorce, Bad Boy Jim Ferguson, and here's a little shout-out from some of our homies. Hey, this is Ted Nugent. Hey, this is Bill Ingvall. Hey, everybody, this is Michael Waddell. Hi, this is Hank Williams, Jr. Once again, that's every Friday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific on VoiceAmerica.com. And for Jim and Trav, I'll see you guys on the trail. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G. Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll-free, 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G. Cobb in the house. G. Cobb, back with you on G. Cobb in the house, and, and I'm joined by... Iran Knight uh, and also Denny Basins, uh, and we're talking about uh, the Eagles uh, prior to a big game, really their third preseason game, the one where you're going to have the starters play uh, three quarters, which is going to give us a good look at them. Uh, they're not playing against a good team. Uh, they haven't shown that they can put the ball in the end zone. So this is a game which they need to come out really play well, uh, the defense has played better than the offense, uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how everything works out in this game. But this this will be a good one, uh, a good examination of uh, what kind of a football team we have because they should come out and make easy work of the Chiefs, and then you know you, you still you can have some confidence. Now uh, during the break, you know Haran, you you made a comment uh, about uh, Victor Abiyamiri and. His status, what do you think should happen with Victor B. Amiri? How do you feel about him? 
second round pick out of Notre Dame. What What are your thoughts? Uh, it's, even when healthy, he really hasn't produced much. I just think it's time to cut the cord. Um, I mean, it's just, it's unfortunate that he's injured and had the microfactor surgery, which is hard to come back. But even um, there's really no room for him on this team. You have Cole, Trent Cole, uh, Brandon Graham, Daryl Tapp, um, Jaquay Parker, and among others that. Uh, way way ahead of him on a on a depth chart, so there's really no point in keeping him. You're not going to get anything in return for him or by another team at this point. So. Yeah, well, uh, you know, it, it looks like uh, they're probably going to do that. Uh, uh, Denny, do you have a comment on on uh, uh, Bia Mary, a guy who was a second round pick uh, yeah. a couple years ago? Uh, how do you feel about him? Yeah, you know what, um, so I, with all the Paying attention to all the other guys who are here, I I forgot he was even on the roster until I saw an article about him the other day. But at this point, I feel you know the Eagles have moved on from them. Drafted Brandon Graham, drafted uh, Daniel Taylor-Nashime, uh, brought in uh, Daryl Tapp. Now all these guys might not work out, but Avia Mary's had three years to show them something, and I mean he spent more time on the injured list than he has on the field, so. It, there's nothing more um, to see right now. It's just time for them to move on. Yeah, well, I, I think that's something that, in a way, they have uh, because, you know, you've had them do so much at the defensive end position, especially this year with the fact that they've gone out and drafted Brand Graham, Brandon Graham in the first round, um, drafted uh, Daniel Taylor-Nishime, uh in the third, and uh, Ricky Sapp, and uh, you got Daryl Tapp. <laughs> I mean, They've done so much at that position. Uh, you're right. I, I think that they really have have moved on. And, uh, you know, I, I, I really, you know, I, I know, you know, you can blast this guy and, you know, I can tell jokes about him. But really, uh wasn't so much that I think that he was such a poor player because I don't think he really got the chance to really get a feel for everything because he's uh, he's been injured so much, you know. So, must have uh, Jerome McDougal. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't know, you know, what can you say about it? You know, about a guy who has uh, uh, has has been hurt so much, and and you know, they really have just been wrong on uh, with the draft picks. You know, you, you get McDougal. Um, I mean, he was really uh, like uh, Brandon Graham. You know, they they moved up to get McDougal, and that was a mistake. Um, you know, it's a good thing that at least you know Trevor Laws looks like he. He's he's gonna he's at least you know gonna put up a fight to play and stuff so that's good but uh, you know since we're on the defensive line we might as well just stay continue talking about that D line we talked about Brandon Graham a bit uh, but the rest of the D line how, how do you feel it's shaping up Haran uh, do you think it's as good uh, as we hope it would be and uh, how, how important are they going to be to uh, the success of this football team. I think they're going to be real good. I mean, the key to the, the defensive line, they're not built to be a three-down defensive line like, say, the Vikings. But they're, they're built to rotate and keep guys keep guys fresh. So having that front four, that the starting front four of Graham, Cole, Roderick Buckley, and Mike Patterson, that's a, that's a pretty decent line. And you have 
possibility of laws have feel the shame back, backing them up. So if you're able to rotate those guys uh, on top of that, have the offense can control the time of possession and keep the defense off the field as much as possible. And that's a very decent defensive line. Uh, uh, Denny, you got a comment on that, that D-line um, and how they stack up? Um, I tell you, one guy that uh, you know I had mentioned, uh, uh, Ricky Sapp, uh, I think he's got the potential to be a pretty good pass rusher. I, I've seen him in practice. I've seen him some, a few times in the game. I think he's got the uh, the potential to be a pretty good pass rusher, you know, if they keep on uh, working on it and, and developing him. Uh, go yeah. ahead, Denny. All right, well, I think a defensive line should be better than it was last year. Just cause you, had, you had a Brandon Graham to what you already had with a Trent Cole, Jukwai Parker, and you got rid of a lot of underachieving guys like the Chris Clemens, the Darren Howards of the world. And you also brought in, like, like you said, they did so much to try to fix this position in the offseason. Now, like, you haven't seen a whole lot from uh, Daniel Townishheim or uh, Daryl Tapp to this point in the preseason. So, like, if they can make an impact, that uh, remains to be seen. But just with Grant alone and getting rid of some of the other underachievers, I think that makes it a better unit. Mm-hmm. Okay, now we talk a little bit about the D-line. Uh, we've, we've talked some about Ernie Sims. Now, I'll tell you my take on Ernie Sims, and I've written about it and talked about it, uh, you know, somewhat extensively. But uh, Ernie Sims is a great athlete. I, I don't know if he's a great NFL linebacker. He was a great college linebacker. Uh, he was a great high school linebacker. Uh, he has great tools. He's a tremendous, got tremendous speed and quickness. Uh, but to see the NFL game, is not based on tremendous speed and quickness because everybody <laughs> is fast and everybody's quick. You know, when you talk about the receivers and the running backs, so you can't just do it on that. You've got to do it on preparation. You've got to do it on smarts. You've got to be anticipating what the other team is going to do. You've got to play the mental game. It's kind of like in, in baseball when you get to the majors. You've got to be able to think about, well, what is this guy going to throw me in this situation? You know, uh, I'm going to be sitting looking for one pitch, and that's why if he throws that, I'm going to knock this thing out of the park. Um, you know, and I want to see him start to do that. That's when you get the interceptions. That's when you, that's when you get the sacks, you know, when you start anticipating things. And on the, uh, from the mental standpoint, I think he's just playing still like he's in college where you just go out and play, you're going to hit people. I mean, he, he does. He couldn't lay the hits on everybody. But, you know, you're going to have to anticipate formation. Think about what they're going to do in certain situations, those type of things. And um, I haven't seen that yet out of him. And so, you know, that's what I want to see. You know, I mean, I think he's got the potential, uh, but I want to see him anticipating things like that. I think that's the next step uh, for Ernie Sims to be the kind of linebacker capable of being. I haven't seen it yet in the preseason games. Um you know, he, he he's just playing ball. He's just playing like a uh, like a rookie, really, and not, you know, moving on and being more of a of a, a guy who's playing the game in his mind, um, anticipating what teams like to run out of certain formations, what's the situation, and what do they like to do out of certain situations. You know, things like that. That's what I want to see out of him, uh, because if he'll do that, it's going to make him a 
a better football player, and uh, we're going to start seeing him getting his hands on the ball. A guy as quick and as fast he is as he is to only have one interception in four years, mm-hmm. like uh, two sacks in four years. I mean, that's no. I mean, I, I, I uh, and I think that's the area that I see in looking at his game. Uh, he, he, he hasn't made a step with that, and I don't know that they have stressed it. But if I were coaching them, I would stress it because I want to know, hey, uh, we're sitting there looking at films. Hey, Ernie, what are we looking for in this situation? They come out in this formation. What are you thinking? You know, Because just like a pitcher in baseball, you know a guy, well, okay, this guy's out pitch is his curveball or his out pitch is his, is his slider. You know, he – he doesn't want to throw those other pitches, but he's got to throw them to get, get ahead in the count. And the way people do uh, Brad Lidge when they want go, they know Brad Lidge wants to throw you a slider, and that slider is going to be a ball. But if he gets ahead of you, he's going to throw you that slider on you, you know. Right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, our thing, if we go in against this guy, we want to get somebody on base against Brad Lidge. So we want you going up there, and you've got to be willing to take some pitches to let him walk you, you know. Uh, or you got to be looking for that fastball. Look for the fastball. If it's not the fastball, take it because it's a ball, you know. And, and you know, talk to a strategy. And he's got to be thinking, okay, the Cowboys, you know, I haven't looked at all, you know, study all the Cowboys, but if I were looking at a film like I was playing a game, hey, Tony Romo likes to go to the tight end. You know, if he gets in trouble, he's, he's looking for him. You know, different things like that. But we – we, 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 you know, that's something we talk about. But that, that with Ernie Sims, I'm, I'm telling you, I, I've looked at him. I've known guys like him that he's, he's been underachieving so far in his career. And the reason is he's playing the, the, the pro game as if it was the college game. And he's got to make that transition, you know. And uh, hopefully he will. But anyway, you guys can go ahead. You guys got any comments about, about the whole linebacker situation? Akeem Jordan, uh, uh, Stuart Bradley, the backups with uh, Omar Gaither and everything, because somebody's going to have to leave here. How do you think all this is going to work out, Haran? Um, hopefully there are at least two of them. Uh, actually, all three starting linebackers. I hope they're motivated. Like you see uh, um, Stuart Bradley looks motivated. But they're all in the contract year, so they better do something this year because they won't be here in 2011. But I'm I'm kind of iffy on Jordan as a starting strong side linebacker. Um, I, I I was hoping um, I keep forgetting his first name, but Foku, Morsi uh, Foku. Um, right. I, I thought that was going to be his spot because I always looked at Jordan as a good backup. I, I felt like if if he's starting, then they're they're missing something in that linebacker core. I mean, he's a, he's not a bad player, but to me, he's an okay player. So, I, I would like to see Focal step up, but he's got to get his mind right and avoid penalties. I, now, I would uh, like to see what Gaither's going to do. Okay, uh, Denny, comment? Yeah, well, with the linebackers, it, just having Stuart Bradley back in that middle linebacker position uh, makes a lot of difference for that unit and for the whole defense. Uh, Last year, there it was just chaos. There was a it seemed like a different middle linebacker every week, and now you've got your guy back who was on his way to becoming a star before, and a guy who can play both the run and the pass in that middle. 
Not a lot of weakness. Some questions about whether he's got all his speed back after the surgery. But what we've seen from him in the preseason is very good so far. And yeah, now, um, you know, okay, well, we're going to continue uh, talking about the, uh, we'll talk about that secondary, then we're going to talk a little bit about the, the offense, and as we go on, of course, we're going to get a chance to talk about the Phillies. Before we're done, so it's uh, G Cobb in the house, and we'll be back with you in a moment. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Hey, football fans, are you ready for an intelligent discussion about the Buffalo Bills and the National Football League? Are you tired of listening to talk show hosts that have never played football? Instead of answering your questions, they prefer to listen to themselves. And when they don't like what you're saying, they just cut you off. Well, that won't happen on the Jeff Nixon Sports Report. Keep it clean, stay relatively calm and rational, and the discussion will flow well. Join Jeff Nixon Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Network. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G Cobb in the house featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. Uh, G Cobb with you on sports, well, on voiceamerica.com. Uh, we've got Haran Knight and uh, Denny Basins uh, joining us, and uh, we're talking about the Eagles, and uh, we were talking about the linebacker core, uh, secondary-wise. How do you feel about the secondary, uh, Denny? Uh, let's see. Well, they look a little better than um, what a lot of people thought they'd be in for uh, training camp now. Ellis Hobbs has done a good job, and at this point he, he really quickly uh, puts in rest a lot of thought that he might not be the uh, starter on opening day. And, see, uh, Quentin Michael, he, he's got to have a better uh, season than he had a year ago. Uh, yeah, he, he really uh, struggled. Now, he tried to say, and people have tried to say that it was the other safety, and, 
you know, I don't buy all of that. You know, uh, you miss no, an open either. field tackle. You miss an open field tackle. Uh, you don't cover your guy. <laughs> you didn't. Co- you got beat. You didn't cover your guy. Now, I, I think it affects you know, in some coverages, but um, you know, I, I don't like to get that because I, I kind of think that uh, maybe you know Quentin wasn't as uh, much of a leader in that situation as he should have been because you know it was his job I think to take over. But uh, so you got him. Um, what, what about Ellis Hobbs? Hello. Yeah. Yeah. Bob is a pleasant surprise so far. He's he's very very physical and I like he looks like he can play against the run as well. So um he's definitely somebody that has um pleasantly surprised me so far in the preseason. I just hope he keeps it up and stays healthy during the actual regular season. Yeah, I kinda of think they're gonna go after him and I want to see uh, what he looks like when the people go after him. Uh, you know, mainly, you know, you're going to have these guys because he does like to come up, get physical. Uh, you're going to have guys that try to get off that jam and get downfield. And uh, the question is going to be, you know, how is he going to, um, how is he going to be able, to, you know, to to deal with them? Is he going to be able to run with them? Is he going to be able to get the jam? Uh, are they going to need to help his side more? Because, you know, they like to run the double moves on Asante too. So. Uh, you know, the, the big thing last year, you know, they gave up 27 touchdown passes. They can't be the kind of team that in key situations, you know, they let people go up top on them. Because uh, remember that uh, that Dallas game, they let get away uh, with that, where they went up top on them, and uh, we'll see how that works out. Now, uh, the, the the secondary now, Joselio Hansen has had, you know, he's had some problems the first two preseason games. How do you feel the guys feel about Hoselio with Dimitri Patterson kind of coming on? Uh, what what are your comments about about those guys? I think Dimitri Patterson's had a really strong uh training camp in preseason and this one I wouldn't be surprised if he uh eventually takes over that uh, nickel role for Hoselio if he doesn't uh, play better at a consistent rate. Mhm. Now, um, so we got in that a little bit. Now, the offensively, you know, uh, everybody's talked about the red zone. You know, they haven't gotten it done in the red zone. Uh, we've heard it over and over. What do you guys think needs to be done? Um, red zone, first time to get down there. What do you want to see uh, tonight, uh, Haran? Uh, they get in the red zone. What would you, if you were calling the plays, what would you tell them to do? I'd like to um, see how aggressive that offensive line is. I would, I would first start off running the ball like in the red zone, see how far they can, um, how closer they can get to the goal line by doing that. Um, it's, also, it's also like with McNabb, he one good thing he was for in the red zone was a shuffle pass. I would like to see them try that here and there to see if that gets things going um, instead of just trying to force the ball 15 yards down the field, knowing that the coverage is tighter once you get in the red zone. Okay, so we'd like to see that. Okay, uh, uh, Denny, you have any ideas what uh, you'd like to see? You think they red zone? They've been struggling uh, down there. They they need uh, seriously to be able to get there. You know, it's the kind of thing where things are getting rather desperate. So uh, how do you feel about it? No, I'd like to see him try um – Use the uh, fade pattern a little more. Now it's something they didn't do a whole lot with um, when Donovan was here. And I, 
I'm curious to see if they do that a little more with Kevin Cobb. They've got some big guys that are capable of getting that. You've got uh, Riley Cooper, uh, Hank Baskets had some success with that in the past. Uh, and also, um, he's a tight end with Selick and uh, Clay Harbor. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, you know, uh, we're going to see exactly what they're going to do now. See, uh, they've had to make some uh, changes uh, with what they're going to do in the red zone. And, you know, they haven't pulled everything out yet. But, you know, they had planned on having, you know, Cornelius Ingram as a, a factor in the red zone, you know, a, a guy to uh, be able to do different things. But I, I don't know that he's going to be able to go because, you know, he's had the uh, – they found the cyst on the back of his knee and um, the knee hasn't really been, been uh, you know, coming along strong there. In this uh, in this preseason, so you know they've, they've had had their struggles there, but um, I don't know what they're going to wind up doing. But they, they I could see them maybe uh, giving uh, you know Cooper, um, you know Riley Cooper a shot, uh, you know because they you know they tried to work on that. Now, if you saw any of the game last night with Green Bay, and you see the proficiency of Aaron Rodgers in that red zone with those. Uh, those alley oops. I mean, with the alley oop, uh, with the um, the one on one work, and the, and the way he throw it to the back shoulder, he throws it up top. You got a Jamichael Finley can go up and get it. Uh, he just works well with those receivers, and and they talk and decide things. You know, bef- when they come up to the line of scrimmage, by where that DB sets up at. That's what the Eagles really would like to get to, and uh, that's why they got you know they got themselves a, a good sized guy in Riley Cooper. Uh, and we'll see whether they're able to work that. But but they've got to get um, something that they can say, well, you know, we always can do this, where you've got things where the other team just can't stop. But that's going to be interesting to see how how that all uh, factors out. Now, uh, Leonard Weaver, uh, do you see a place for him in the red zone? Um, in, in anything, whether it be running, or who would you give the ball to in the red zone? You're running the ball. Who do you prefer? Do you prefer LaShawn McCoy, Michael Bell, or Leonard Weaver? I don't, I'd like, that's one thing I'd like to see tonight. Um, let's see, uh, Mike Bell, it's going to be his first action of the preseason. If uh, they get an opportunity in the red zone tonight, maybe they can uh, give him a few carries and see what he can do. Uh, maybe so. Maybe so. Haran? Um, I'd like to see a uh, backfield of Bell and, and Weaver in the red zone. Um, I mean, McCoy's okay, but if you have those two, in the backfield, um, you you have to respect the, the um, possibilities of them being back there because both of them can do a lot if they get the ball in their hands there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that that could be something that we might get a chance to see. Who knows uh, tonight? Because I could see uh, that uh, you know Andy does not want this team going into you know the regular season not having scored a touchdown. He wants to develop some confidence. And so I think that they're going to pull out some stops to make sure that they get that ball into the end zone. So I could see them, you know, showing their hand a bit, which is something Andy doesn't like to do. He'd rather score a little bit and not show anything than show some things and, and score a little more. So uh, he's going to have to, um, you know, sacrifice some of that, you know, the hiding everything because, uh, you know, they want to come out in their first game and, and do some things, and the other team goes, oh, they never did this on film. We haven't seen that. They're going, exactly, we didn't do it on film. And it wasn't an accident that we didn't do it on film. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we will see how this all uh, 
how it all comes comes together and everything. But um, uh, in the red in the red zone, uh, game plans, you guys, Eagles in the red zone during the regular season uh, tonight, whatever. What ideas do you have? Do you have anything? Well, the one thing um, I think they'll use in the regular season, I think you see some of uh, Michael Vick out of the uh, Wildcat during the regular season. Uh, mm-hmm. He was effective um, in that role for them, picking up a short yardage um, late in the season last year when they went on their winning streak. And he scored a touchdown on, in the uh, red zone on the uh, goal line during the uh, Giants game. I think um, you'll see a lot of that during the regular season. That might be one of their answers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, 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 that might be, but uh, because that's going to be um, something inter- interesting. Now, how do you feel about, you know, some have said, you know, uh, sending Michael Vick in there and, and taking out uh, Kevin Cobb, you know, or moving him out to wide receiver and different things is going to affect his rhythm, that they really don't want to do that because that could affect – you know Kevin Cobb's rhythm. Um, so, how, what's your what's your take on that? I think that's. Um, I think it's a little. I think I think people will blow that out of proportion a little bit. And know Donovan, I think he might have had a problem with it um, last year in the preseason. Uh, he didn't seem too keen on the idea, and that was just the first game when they started working him in. But uh, to this point, uh, Kevin Cobb like hasn't seemed to be adverse to that in any way. So. I don't think it's that big a deal as uh, people make it out to be. Yeah, well, uh, you know, I, I said something. We get a chance now. Um, the um, red zone activity, of course, will be the thing that everybody will be talking about a lot. Uh, but the big thing that, um, you know, one thing that will play into is how this team, uh, how proficient are they in third downs, uh, how do they protect the football, those are some of the things that we're going to see about this offense um, you know, going into the season. Uh, Haran, uh, what are you most concerned about about the offense as they are right now? You know, let's say you know, they, they do a good job tonight, score a couple touchdowns. If you're going into the season, uh, what, what are you thinking about with this offense? What are you concerned about, and what do you feel confident about? Uh, concern is always going to be until everybody comes back healthy, especially Jamal Jackson is that offensive line. Uh, that's that's always going to be a concern because you can see how it affected the running game. It's almost like they it looked like they tried a little bit, but they gave up after a while. And you would like to see Kevin Cobb get the opportunity to stand in the pocket a little longer instead of. I mean, it's it's good to know that he can flush out to the right or left if he needs to, but I'd like to see him stay, um, have a chance to stay in the pocket. Most confident I'm about is the receiver's hands down. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, uh, we'll continue uh, when we come back on the other, uh, on the last uh, segment of the show, we will talk about the Phillies who have uh, lost four games in a row and they got a big series out in San Diego. So on the other side, we'll talk Phillies. Uh, we'll be back with you on GCOB in the house. to the pros we we cover everything everything. let your voice be heard voice america sports 
Are you ready to talk football with the greatest wide receiver player and coach in NFL history? Tune in to Wide Open with Andre Rison. Andre is ready to talk to you and give his thoughts on the sport. There'll be celebrity guests, coaches, players, artists, and more. He'll go beyond the game with a look from the coach's point of view and feature a high school player each week. Tune in to Wide Open with host Andre Rison. Featured Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific. Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. The IS Outdoors Talk Radio Show brings two well-known outdoorsmen to the Voice America Network with hunting and fishing info news, talking about everything from new sporting gear, places to hunt and fish, and getting more from your recreation time. Join hosts Brock Ray and Don Kirk Thursday mornings at 7 a.m. Pacific time for IS Outdoors on the Voice America Sports Channel. With their combined experience of 60 years in the woods, Brock and Don have traveled widely, creating TV shows and writing articles on hunting and fishing. Blessed with down-home humor, they are also well-versed in environmental concerns, firearms ownership, and animal rights issues. IS Outdoors offers brisk interaction with the audience, soliciting opinions and questions on a wide range of outdoors subjects. Tune in every Thursday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific time to the IS Outdoors Talk Radio Show with Brock Ray and Don Kirk right here on the Voice America Sports Channel. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G. Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll-free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G. Cobb in the house. G. Cobb back with you, and... um joined by Haran Knight and uh, Denny Bassins and uh, fellows, um, uh, the Phillies. Uh, you know, they've got a team. Uh, they're only three games out of first place. Uh, right now they, w- they wouldn't make the playoffs. They would, they, would miss the, uh, um, they would miss the wild card as well. But, you know, they've got plenty of time. What do you think is going to happen with this team? What? If any changes do they need to make strategically, uh, Denny, why don't you start us off? 
All right. Well, right now it's tough to watch because I think they brought uh, Ryan Howard and uh, Chase Utley back probably a little too soon from their injuries. Uh, Utley was a couple weeks ahead of schedule. Uh, Howard only played in uh, one rehab game, and they both look lost right now. And when you have holes in the three-hole and the four-hole in the lineup, and you've already got uh, a couple other guys like uh, Jimmy Rollins, Jason Worth, Shane Victorino, guys like that who aren't carrying their weight either, I mean, you're going to see results like you've seen the last week of only one or two runs a game. Okay, uh, Rand, uh, comment on the uh, the Phils and their struggles uh, uh, with those bats especially. He, he had a bat, so they, they, they just got to start hitting. The other thing they have to do is be smart when, if, if and when they get on base. It's been like at least two instances I know of where they got picked off on the bases, which is a mental thing. Um, you could talk about the umpire, the third base umpire, but they, they, they're they good enough where they shouldn't even be in that position to even have that happen. So they just got to start hitting and not always swing towards the fences. It seems like they're trying to hit towards the fences and not just try to manufacture runs. I mean, I mean, that's something we've been talking about for years. So. It's worked before, but with the injuries to everybody, they definitely got to play smarter. Now, um, you know, you, you've got them um, out there in uh, San Diego now, and, uh, you know, Denny said he thought that, that those guys might have come back early. Um, you know, the, the, the fact that you've got a team that has won before, uh, they've got uh, tremendous. I mean, they're starting rotation, and you look at uh, the guys they got starting for them. I mean, this is this is the best group they've had. Uh, you know, with the, the fact you've got uh, Hamels throwing well, of course, you know, you know, you you've got the doc there uh, starting things off, and uh, Holiday is uh, he's been everything they, they've asked him. To, he's done everything they've asked him to do. Um, you you um, you get Oswalt, you bring him in. Uh, Blanton's not even pitching bad. Uh, Kendrick is, uh, you know, every, every, you know, every few starts he gets a bad one. But they, they're getting tremendous pitching. Um, the uh, Braves are, you know, I mean, come on, the Braves just lost a game where they were leading ten to one or something. Right. And they they lost the game. I mean, so they got all these things happening, but they haven't been able to to punch it over. Now uh, they they got uh, milk milk. Um, Think about uh, not what was Milt's last name anyway. Milt was fired. Milt Thompson was fired, the hitting coach. Uh, what 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 next? What could they do? What should they do? Well, right now I think they should give um, Dominic Brown some more time in the lineup, uh, just to shake things up a little bit. I mean, now, ultimately, you want your normal starters uh, one through eight to be up and be going by the time the playoffs roll around, but. Right now, just to mix things up a little bit, get get some new blood in there. Uh, Dominic Brown is just uh, sitting on the bench right now and not doing a whole lot of good when you just need a spark right now. That's what I would do. Okay, so you'd like to see them uh, get uh, Dominic Brown in there um, and uh, see what see if he could do something to help them. Now, um, with regards to the bullpen. Uh, the bullpen hasn't really cost them of late. It's just really been their, their hitching, their hitting, and you know some, some uh, you know, falling asleep on the bases. Now, you know, 
you know, I, I've seen Jason Worth do some things that really are horrendous when it comes to really professional baseball. Uh, some of the things that you, you wonder how it could even be tolerated. Now, a little earlier, I think it was last year, uh, Jimmy Rollins didn't hustle. He didn't run out a, you know, a ground ball or something, and he was sat down. Do you think they should set down Jason Worth for some of the things that he's done, namely <laughs> basically out there sleeping on the bases where he gets picked off on second? Uh, he, uh, you know, uh, the other night he came in uh, scoring, and he, he, he doesn't slide. If he slid, he might have scored. He comes in and gets tagged out. Uh, things like that. Do you, you think they need to think about sitting him down or doing something to get his attention? or What do you think? Uh, absolutely, they should sit him down for a little while. And Jason Worth, I mean, it goes beyond just the the fact he's making careless plays that are costing the team. Uh, the fact is, even when he's not getting um, big hits for him right now, he's getting on base, but he's not driving in runs when they need him to produce. And you combine that with all the, the lapses and concentration and judgment and Maybe the best way to get through this guy is to give him a couple of days off, and it goes back to what I said: uh, stick Don Brown in and give him a little more time. Haran, you got a comment on that? Yeah, the reason why he, the reason why he said he did it is enough to set him down. He, he mentioned something about Brett Myers turning around and sticking his tongue at him, which means you're letting a personal relationship with a former teammate get in the way of what you're trying to do. So, which it, which definitely is unprofessional in my opinion. So, that alone should get them sit down. It, it also proves that his head is not fully in the game. So, it, yeah, he, need, he needs to sit down at one, two games, maybe three. So, that you think the, that... Thing with him, you, like, you think that he they, can just let somebody stick their tongue at him and, 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 and just let that go? And I mean, uh, that's got to hurt. Right. I'm not no, saying I'm letting you know, I'm go. Just kidding. I mean, it, it's ridiculous to even say something like that. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, they, they probably need to think about sitting him down. Just get his attention and the rest of the team. But I want to thank you guys uh, for joining me. Uh, we uh, had um, both Denny Basins and Haran Knight uh, on uh, G-Cobb in the house. This is uh, G-Cobb telling you, hey, uh, check us out next week, 7 to 8 or wherever you're at, depending on where you're at in the country. But uh, it's our pleasure with you, and we'll, we'll talk to you again next week. Uh, have a good week, everybody. Time to break the huddle. We'll be back again next Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern for another edition of G Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and Micah Warren. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you again soon.